If you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world World of food. food. Sweet Tooth Edition. Mm. First, did you hear a new Oreo flavor is coming out this Monday? They're called Blackout Cake Oreos. It's double layers of chocolate cake and dark chocolate cake flavored creams. Between the classic chocolate cookies. <laughs> Second, Dairy you picked, Queen. You picked the wrong time to give up sweets for I Lent. did too. I know. I just is insane and I'm torturing myself right now. Second, Dairy Queen is selling their new blizzards for only 85 cents from April 10th through the 23rd to mark the start of blizzard season. The new flavors include Oreo Brookie and Peanut Butter Puppy Chow. Mm-hmm. And finally, in the world of food, Sweet Tooth Edition. Did you know you can make a box cake mix taste like homemade? Have you heard about this? No. How you do Your it? wife loves to cook, so I thought maybe. She doesn't uh, like to bake too much. Though. Oh, that's true. But, okay, but so what you do is you can swap out the oil and use melted butter instead. Skip the water and use milk or buttermilk instead. Add pure vanilla or another fun extract like almond. And the last idea to make a cake mix taste homemade, add two tablespoons of sour cream or mayo to make it moist. Ugh, mayo in a cake? Yeah. No, no. Yeah, my mm. um things were going so great. A good friend of our that. families <laughs> does that. She she takes a box cake mix and tries to make it taste like homemade. Yeah. And I think she does sour cream versus could, the mayo. Yeah, I could see that, but mayo ugh. Mayonnaise <laughs> belongs on a sandwich. That's it. <laughs> no, it doesn't even belong in a sandwich. <laughs> no, no, you said it wrong. Sandwich. Why do you say it like that? Because that's the right way to if it's if it's just okay, it's a sandwich. If it's really good, it's a sandwich. Okay. <laughs> say it. Come on, world of food. Sandwich. Sandwich. We should do sandwich edition of <laughs> the world world okay. of food. Oh, moms, you go through a lot to carry a child for nine months. Coming up, have you heard of pregnancy nose? Well, you moms, you go through a lot to carry a child for nine months. Have you heard of pregnancy nose? What is that? Yep. Your nose can change size, width, and shape when you're pregnant. There are 24 million views about the subject on TikTok right now. One woman says it feels like her nose doubled in size overnight and it's hard to breathe. It's a real thing. A spike in estrogen causes the dilation of blood vessels, including mucous membranes of the nose. And uh, pregnancy nose doesn't usually happen uh, until late in the pregnancy. It doesn't happen to everyone. And here's the good news, mom. It's a temporary condition. Your nose will go back its original size when the baby arrives. <laughs> it's called the Pinocchio effect. <laughs> <laughs> Your nose grows. <laughs> Not wild. Who knew? Well, I, all right. I've heard of your feet growing. Wait, pregnancy is hard enough. Why Why do they like even release that kind of stuff? Mom's got enough on her shoulders. She doesn't need because to worry about that. Too. By mom sharing it, other moms don't feel so alone or cray cray. Like, no, I thought something was no, wrong with me. Makes, Why is my it nose makes growing? Moms who never thought about their nose looking odd, going like, "Does my nose look funny now too?" <laughs> Are you like me and Kev? Our favorite part of all of social media is the memories that pop up in Facebook. Mm. That is so much fun. You're like, "No way, that was five years ago," or "That was when was that?" Mm-hmm. Um, a memory popped up today. Oh. It got me good, Kev. I'll tell you what showed up on my feed in just a minute. I don't know about you, but one of my favorite parts about social media is the memories that pop up. But sometimes you got to be a little emotionally prepared for what you're about to see. And one today, it got me crying and laughing both at the same time. 
Um, in case you missed it, my dad passed away uh, on January 3rd. And um, it was, even though he had MS, his, all of his adult life, pretty much, since he was 40, um, it was a shock because he fell out of his shower chair. And um, so what showed up on Memories Today, you can imagine three years ago today, it was 2020, quarantine life. And I called my nephew, Lance, who was living with my grandparents at the time, his grandparents, my mom and dad. And I said, um, ask, tell dad to ask the device, A-L-E-X-A, I don't want to mess up your yours right now. Ask her to tell you what a toot sounds like. (laughs) The belly laughs from my dad that proceeded. (laughs) He caught it all on video. My dad had the best laugh. And he's laying there in that bed like he did day after day. He was stuck in that bed or in a chair and his, his hands are all contorted. He can't do anything with his hands anymore. He can't feed himself anymore but he sure can laugh and Mm. he can tell people about Jesus. And my dad was so resilient. And that video, I know like some of you guys don't like to talk about toots in your family, but my dad (laughs) might not like to talk about them, but hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I'll put, I'll share this on the, the KT, the Kevin and Taylor socials. Cause I, I know you'll enjoy getting a good belly laugh along with my dad. And I just can't imagine how joyful my dad is now in heaven with mm. a perfect body and being with his savior. That's what he wanted. He kept talking about heaven so much. Man, he did it. He's and, and he's there. So we miss him. Miss his belly laugh and him asking <laughs> the device what a toot sounds like. But uh, so happy that he's a whole, whole person with his savior. I love that story you shared about your dad finding the old video of him laughing really hard. Um, and when you're, when your parents do pass, it, it's a very weird feeling because you don't know life without them, right? That's the one of the only constants in your life has been them there the entire time. And uh, with Easter coming up, Easter was my mom's favorite holiday. Yeah, favorite of uh-huh. all the holidays because her that to her she was like she liked Christmas. She loved Easter. Her Savior rose, died, and rose from the from the grave. It's like her faith coming to fruition on Easter and lots of Polish traditions around Easter. And one of those, my, my wife continues on Saturdays. Uh, she'll take him. I, I can remember going with my mom to the big church that she attended as a kid in downtown Baltimore, St. Casimir's. And we would take the Easter basket full of food and, and they would have the blessing of the baskets. And our church does that now here. Just, don't know why it's not a Polish parish. It's not a whole bunch of Polish people going there, uh, but they do it. I uh, still do it every every Saturday, Easter Saturday. And uh, do the ladies get competitive about what their baskets look like? You betcha. <laughs> <laughs> they were the precursors to Pinterest. The blessing oh, of the basket. It's so much fun. And and the basket is so heavy. I, I like worry, like, is it going to make it this year? Because there's so much stuff in it. But Tracy's she's adopted all those traditions of my mom. So... Through Tracy's efforts, because she loves me, my mom, you know, kind of lives on through, uh, awesome. and I'm really looking forward to it. She's ordered all the Polish food. It's coming from a, a great deli in Chicago. It's already, it's already, you know, in our freezer. It came in the, what do they pack in dry ice? It came the other day. We're so excited opening the box and putting it all in the, in the freezer. So yeah, your parents do kind of live on as long as you keep those traditions alive, right? Mm-hmm. What if you could improve your relationship with your child in just five seconds. How are you doing that?
There's a clinical psychologist named Dr. Becky Kennedy. Um, She says you can. She's a mom of three and loves giving parenting advice. Uh, So you want to know her secret? Say to your son or daughter when they're going through something tough, it can be really hard being a kid, right? When your child hears that sympathy and understanding from mom or dad, they realize that their parents are seeing the world from their perspective, and it helps children feel seen and heard and can ultimately improve their behavior. And uh, in just a minute, Kev, if you want, I have an example of her putting this into action, like in real life when her child got in her car Mm. after a a tough, particularly tough day at school. I want to give it a try. Here. Okay. What is it again? Being a kid can be really hard. Okay. Being a kid can be really hard, right? Okay. You think being a kid is hard? Wait till you're an adult. <laughs> not quite how she envisioned it. Well, I just, I just, you know, took her idea and ran with it. I embellished uh, it a little bit. You Kevinized you think, it. You think this is hard? Wait till you get here, kid. <laughs> Every parent nods in agreement. <laughs> in just a minute, Taylor is going to give us a real life example of how you can uh, turn your kids' day around. Show them that you're on their side in five seconds or less. We'll do it next. Isn't it kind of cool when you can get parenting advice from someone who's literally in the throes of it, like uh, Dr. Becky? She's got three kids, and I love her honesty and how she wanted to react to her kid. (laughs) That's human side in this clip, and then how she really reacted. Check this out. Mom, no one would play with me at recess today. I was all alone. This is what one of my kids said to me right after school today. Here's what I wanted to say back. I'm sure it will be fine tomorrow, one bad day. Or no one, come on, not one person to play with. And then I remembered this. Our feelings are only overwhelming because we feel alone in them. And when you tell a kid something's not a big deal or it will be better tomorrow, you only make them feel more alone in that feeling, which only makes them feel more overwhelmed. So instead, when your kid shares something tricky about their day or something tricky that happened with friends, Use these words as a response. I'm so glad you're talking to me about this. Then, when they share more, say something like, that sounds hard. I believe you. What you're doing is you're removing the aloneness. This actually builds their resilience. Isn't that cool? I, I, it was just like a whole little spin on it. Like, Because I think that's how most of us would react. I could see that with my 11 nieces and nephews being like, oh, it'll get better tomorrow. Or I'll pray that you find a friend tomorrow on the playground. You know, But instead of just acknowledge that, man, that must have hurt your feelings. Like just a little tiny bit of acknowledgement makes you feel not alone. I wonder, does she turn the corner though, too, from that um, and say, maybe you could try this tomorrow. Yeah, I'm sure. Like you need to initiate you know, friendship you, in order to have yeah, friends. Yeah, I don't think you can't just leave it at, oh, that's that's awful, honey. Come here, I'll give you a hug. And that's it, right? right you, exactly. You've got to equip the kid to yeah. move forward with Trying to like make some friends and Absolutely. have somebody to play with. Maybe mm-hmm. take your best toy tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody want to play with you then. Coming up, why everyone is talking about this little boy and the gift he gave his daddy. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Why is everyone talking about this little nine-year-old boy and the gift he gave his daddy? Because he made it for his dad in an after-school sewing class. It was a shirt. Aaron is a dad of three, and he shared the video online of little Sam walking in real sheepishly and handing dad the shirt that he made. Dude, look at this. I did the buttons, and I did the buttonholes. Yeah. Can I wear this out to dinner? Yeah. 
Thank you, buddy. No You're problem. so talented. Dad was so impressed. What's really cool is the video has been viewed 9 million times. And Sam, who's been super unsure of himself, has gained a ton of confidence with so many people encouraging him that he has so much potential and could definitely be a tailor one day. That's awesome. He's just glowing. <laughs> that awesome. Okay, I had, I'm so old, when, uh, when I was in school, we had home economics class and we had sewing. Really? Yeah, let, let's just say no one would have thanked me for the vest I made. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure your mom thought it was beautiful. No, <laughs> she didn't. No one, no one did. This is the kind of thing you'd see hanging in the Museum of Modern Art and someone would pay $10 million for. That's how bad it was. <laughs> My mom tried so hard to teach me how to sew and I rebelled and now I regret it. I can't even repair like a button pretty much. <laughs> right. So it was pretty cool to see that ad during the big game. Um, it's by a campaign called He Gets Us, and it's trying to raise the relevance of Jesus. And so I was like, well, there's got to be a way to get more involved. And so I went ahead and texted the word fans to 70193, and I got a response right away. And they're sending me all kinds of cool stuff like reading plans and prayer guides. You're not alone, Taylor. 45,000 people have signed up to be a part of the fans community already. And we don't need to stop there. We need you to join too. So will you text fans today to the number 70193? Start getting those reading plans, prayer guides, and all the other tools that will help you on your spiritual journey. Yeah, millions of Americans are discovering the life-changing impact of Jesus. So you want to join us? Simply text FANS, that's F-A-N-S, to 70193 to join today. That's fans to 70193. Did you hear why these uh, certain flowers are suddenly popping up all over the Big Apple? Have you heard about this, Kat? No. Uh. They are bright yellow daffodils. We're talking in New York City parks, schoolyards, along sidewalks. Turns out it is the world's largest living memorial to the precious lives lost September 11th, 2001. Hmm. There are more than eight million daffodils, about one flower for every man, woman, and child who lives in America's largest city. Wow. They're the perfect flowers to reflect the resilience of New Yorkers. And this is even more touching. A lot of the bulbs were donated by Dutch flower growers hmm. when they found out they wanted to do what this the project tribute. Was. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Imagine you're a foster mom and you don't have any child care. Coming up, wait till you hear who stepped in to help. Imagine you're a foster mom and you don't have any child care. That's Trinice. She's a principal at an elementary school in Texas. And once a month, she travels to Waco to work on her doctorate because she dreams of being school superintendent one day. But one weekend, she couldn't find child care for the seven-month-old baby boy that she's fostering. So she emailed her professors asking, you know, could I either bring this baby boy or could I attend this class virtually? Well, they said, bring him. And during one class, the baby wanted to be held and she was trying to take notes. So the professor held the baby while he gave the lecture. No kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It is the sweetest thing. And apparently they they fuzzed out the face because you don't post pictures ever of foster kids. You don't put their faces on social Mm -hmm. media. Um, But Professor Ott was mesmerizing this baby boy. He was just like, what would you like to teach me? If only all his students were that (laughs) that into it, right? That captive of an audience, right? (laughs) He said that uh, he's, uh, his mom was a single mom, so he didn't even think twice about pitching Mm, in to help. About helping out. That's great. Is your family what you would describe as quiet? 
Mine isn't. <laughs> and we, we found out just how not quiet we are the, the other day. I'll tell you about it next. My family never had the burden of being the quiet family. <laughs> you always, you know, there's six of us. It was me, my wife, uh, our son, and three daughters. And when we when we showed up, when we got to church, you knew we were there. Uh, when we were in a restaurant, you knew we were there. We weren't rude. Just we liked to chat and made conversation, and our kids didn't hold back from you know engaging in conversation. Sometimes very enthusiastically. So you knew we were there. Quiet was never a problem we had. Um, and we found that out the other day, as I think probably a lot of people have with Zoom meetings and stuff that we started doing during COVID and people are still doing since they're working from home. But when you're on a Zoom call, you try to make it quiet and professional looking, even though you might be you know, wearing boxer shorts on the bottom and a suit and tie on the top, right? You try to give the appearance that everything's professional and you're working hard, Um that was the deal the other day. One of my kids had an interview via Zoom. Eric, can, can you guys please just be quiet while I'm doing this? I'm going to go in the basement be quiet. Uh-oh. All right. We have five dogs and hardwood floors. So you hear when they, they there's a knock at the door. When the UPS guy comes by, they run to the door. First, you hear them galloping to the door on the hardwood floors. You hear that in the basement. And then all five of them feel like they have to simultaneously greet the UPS driver and alert us. Hey, the guy in the big brown truck's here. So bottom line, this person should have gone to a library for the Zoom call. Probably, yeah. So we had all of that. And then uh, I had on uh, like dress shoes, clomp, clomp, clomp. And and I didn't even realize that my wife is like, you have no idea your shoes. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like a million noises going on. We are not even, you don't realize you're not the quiet family until someone says, hey, I need you to be quiet. Right. And then you realize how not quiet you are. What about your family? Would your family be if all right? Let's. What was that movie? The Quiet Place. Was that it? Where you had to be quiet? Oh, or you're or, gone? Or you're yeah? You're, or you're finito? Toast. Right? Would yeah, I don't know how they did it. We wouldn't have made it. We would. We'd have been the first family to go. Including, she gave birth to a baby without calling yeah, out. Right. <laughs> like that. She knew happen. she wouldn't survive. If she did. Right. 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 It's my, such a good movie. My family. We'd have been gone in about five seconds into that movie, but. But the good news is we would have all gone down together. <laughs> so what, what about your family? Are you guys uh, are you guys known for making your presence known when you show up at church or an event or something? Is there do they know the Smith family is here or whatever your family is? We'd love to hear from you. Hey, Garth, it's Kevin and Taylor. So you can empathize with being a loud family. Absolutely. I am. Um... My wife is a Southern Belle, and she married me. I'm half Greek, half Italian. Oh, wow. <laughs> Bless yeah. your heart. Right, 100% loud. <laughs> Can't talk without, if we had to sit on our hands, we couldn't talk. <laughs> Absolutely. Have you ever seen that yeah. video of they somebody went to Italy and just filmed people in conversation on the street? And, and the, the video is humanly impossible for Italians to talk and not use their hands. <laughs> you ever seen my big fat Greek wedding? That's us. Oh, I love it. Now, do you guys combine food traditions? Like maybe have like collard greens and and spanakopita? No, I have tried to make. Um, I, I'm 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 pretty good in the kitchen. I know more we were in the kitchen way. So does she. But again, she was born and raised. So if it's not grease, grits, or graving. She's not eating it. I've tried some exotic dishes on it. She won't eat them. My wife, I think, has a really sneaky way of getting me on board 
with her idea of what we should do around the house uh, with springtime here. Yeah, what is she doing? We're on our way to church the other day, and she just says, so, um, you know, with springtime here and stuff, what what are you thinking we should do to spruce up the house this spring? (laughs) (laughs) Open-ended. I was thinking nothing until this very moment. You're like, I think our house is (laughs) perfect. Clearly, the expectation is I've been mulling things around, and it's just a matter of, which one do I want to choose and execute? It's not that it's a blank slate that I hadn't even thought about until that very moment. So what did you say? I said, well, I've been married. It'll be 35 years in October. I said, I don't know, honey. What are you thinking? <laughs> it's 35 years of marriage talking right there. And what did she say? Oh, and she was off to the races. She had a list of stuff, stuff inside, stuff outside, deck stuff, like tons of stuff. And I said, Wow, I think we should probably just pick one <laughs> and do that. <laughs> Were they like all elbow grease or is it cha-ching, cha-ching, hiring people and spending money? All the above. Yeah. Well, yeah, like like the deck. She wants to have it sanded and stained and, and a couple of our dogs are getting older and she says, I think preemptively we should probably get some type of ramp oh, for wow. them to go down, which we had to do with our old dog, Rusty, years and years and years ago. We should preemptively do that now. So when the time comes, they can't get up and down the, the steps that easily. It'll just already be in place. Wow. I was like, okay, we'll get the Army Corps of Engineers on that right now. <laughs> <laughs> we want a ramp that's not ugly, that doesn't impede anyone else getting up and down the steps, and can be removed eventually. Wouldn't it be cool <laughs> if you could just make, um, you know, you talked about that that dog that would get on public transit and go all around, like yeah. trains, buses. Right. Wouldn't it be cool if you could just train your dog to get in the little lift like the movie Doggy Up? lift? Yeah. <laughs> just press your button with the nose and it'll carry you down to the, to the yard. In a perfect That'd world. That'd be so cool. So, I, I cannot be the only husband who has been blindsided. I mean, I had expected like, oh, we're going to... We're going to run to like the home and garden center and get a bunch of flowers and stuff to go all around the yard. Tracy loves doing that. And uh, she likes to grow herbs on the back deck. I, I totally expected that. That's always that. her Mother's Day gift, I right? I did not. Yeah, I did not expect major renovations ahead. I did not see that coming. <laughs> I just thought of something I have been doing for spring cleaning, like you were mentioning, your wife. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, let's just say I, I hope my lungs are okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what I was up to in a minute. You were talking about spring cleaning. At first, I thought, I don't think I'm doing anything. And then I went, what am I talking about? It was like the theme of my whole two days off over the weekend last weekend. (laughs) Um, I started, there was some, a couple of, two different things I was trying to clean. And one thing was just not getting clean. In fact, I still think I have the project ahead of me. And then the other thing was just a little bit of mold in the shower. I started coughing this deep cough. And I think it's because I was breathing in all these cleaners. And what it is, is um, we have in our yard, it's it's this thing called a pergola, you know, kind of like where they build like a like a little wooden structure to kind of okay. keep the sun out. Okay. And then the previous owners hung up a couple of these sunbrella curtains. Well, I ignored them. And now they have black mold and green algae on them. Oh, nice. So I first tried <laughs> spraying with uh, rubbing alcohol. Uh-huh. That was last weekend. That didn't work. Then my husband did all this research and found this like stuff to clean canvas on a boat. And this is the same fabric. Okay. Tried that. Didn't work. So then I tried, uh, I mixed water with color safe bleach. Tried that. 
So after all that, plus the Tylex I sprayed in the shower, I seriously started like, <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I only do radio right. for a living. This is a job right. hazard. Sc- what am I doing? I scorched my air passage, my yeah. airways. <laughs> so if anyone knows how to get green algae and black mold off sunbrella fabric, I'm all ears. <laughs> right. Have you ever experienced social anxiety or been around someone that is just so anxious in public? That happened to me hmm. once. I'll tell you the story of this anxious woman and believe it or not, the crazy thing I could have done to help her out. I'll tell you about it next. So I don't know if you've ever met someone like this or maybe you personally have experienced it. They call it uh, social anxiety. You know, like it's just really stressful to leave the house and meet strangers or talk on the phone or even going to work is like, okay, here we go. Everybody probably experiences it on some level. Just Some people in what most would consider a mild situation other they people. experience it intensely, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, they. we're talking like some people feel sick, they get hot flashes, they tremble, they might even get a mini panic attack. Mm. And um, I, I dealt with that one time with this really precious lady who completely overcame it. But when I first met her, she had been home for 18 years raising her kids and she was replacing me as a receptionist at this job. And I trained her and trained her and trained her on the phones for like three days and she had so much social anxiety that I finally said, all right, the next call that comes in, I'm not answering it. If you don't pick it up, it's not going to get answered. <laughs> um, but anyway, there's this new research that shows what I really could have done to help her is let her sniff my sweaty armpits. <laughs> yes, this is a real study. <coughs> Turns out Why? sniffing stinky armpits can relieve social anxiety, according to this new research. Because I know why. You don't even have to tell me. Because if you do, what could be worse than that? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. You can face the world fearlessly after that. They went into this big, long scientific explanation about like chemo signals, chemical signals from other people and all this stuff. But um, yeah, if you have crippling mm. social anxiety, just smell some stinky armpits and you'll be a lot better. I think I'd rather be socially anxious. <laughs> this the thought of doing that makes me socially anxious. <laughs> so we're talking about uh, being socially awkward, and Taylor said the way to overcome it is sniff a stinky armpit. Yeah, that's I, what the research I, says. I don't know that people are going to be lining up to do that. Uh, no matter what the research says, I think people will be like, no, I'm good. And um, what's wild, it worked whether the stinky armpit was produced by a scary movie or a funny movie. It still That's works. how they got people's armpits to stink? Yeah. Wow. Okay, <laughs> I have a I have a good tale of social awkwardness. Um, in the the school system where I went, the geniuses at the school board decided public speaking is the number one fear that people have. So we're going to help our students overcome that by making it mandatory that you take one of two classes: acting arts or public speaking, where you would have to research, write, prepare multiple speeches, and present them in front of the class. Mm-hmm. Completely ignoring the fact that as a dad of four, I've seen this firsthand, that different personality traits are good at getting up in front of people and doing that type of thing. And some are horrific and it's not fair to shove them all into that right. setting. Yeah. That that was my school system. And I I not only don't mind it, I kind of like getting up in front no, of people. No, you do? Yeah. So, <laughs> surprise. No, it's, a, it's never bothered me. It's never bothered me. And I do feed off of other people's energy, I think. So I, I like that. If I can make a group of people laugh, I feel like that's a win. Uh, so any, I took both. 
I took speech and acting arts. You were only required to take one. I took them both just because I liked it. And that's where I met my wife, Tracy. She was in the acting arts class. She is the 180-degree, personality-wise, polar opposite of me in regards to getting up in front of groups. She was terrified. Absolutely terrified. So much so, in, and acting arts was the one you took. That was the easier of the two. Um, it was pretty much all improvs. They'd give you a, a scene, and you'd get up and act it out. And Tracy, That's she kept hard. She I'd kept taking prepared speech. She kept taking failing grades. She'd go, "I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm not going to participate." You had that option of doing that. So I see this cute girl in her pom pom outfit every day. So I walked up to her and I said, "Hey, instead of taking a failing grade, why don't you get up with me and my buddy and and we'll just act around you? All you have to do is sit there." And she was like, "I don't know." I said, "Just, just do it." The scene that day was riders on a bus i said just get up act like you're sitting in a chair you're on the bus all you have to do is sit there that's it then the joke in our family is and i've been acting around her ever since (laughs) (laughs) but i guess that was me using tracy's social awkwardness to uh to my advantage yeah you did